requires in esoteric matters a collector of knowledge. I'm Christopher Scarborough. And I'm Joe Taylor. And welcome to the Curioso Podcast. And Joe, what are we talking about tonight? Tonight we're talking about horror. Oh, horror. Good mm-hmm. subject. But you know what? It's not just us tonight. We no. have we have a lot of guests. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go around the table? Uh, actually, I tell you what. How about you guys just introduce yourselves? I'm Ronald Malfi. I'm a uh, horror novelist. Ronald Malfi, the horror novelist. All right. I'm Ron Malfi. I'm the father of the horror <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm John Malfi, and I'm a horror musician. That's right. Wow. We are actually hanging out with three Malfis. The Malfi clan. Yes, all three Malfis tonight. The, court, and, the courts insist they follow me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we're we're hanging out with the three that actually procreated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Big mistake. There's a horror story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, one of them is not actually Dangerous D. He is right. not here tonight. And oh, uh, yeah. and uh, everyone's God. thanking that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> All right. So we're sitting here drinking our pump kick pumpkin ale. You have pump kick. I have Schlafly's. I just wanted to make sure that everybody knew that we had pumpkin ale across the board. Oh, yeah, right. And that's why we might get crazy tonight. So, so our discussion is basically on horror. And that's a general, general statement. But we're going to talk about movies, books, video games, Halloween itself, and what you guys, you know, think and believe and feel about the horror genre in general. And why why do we like to be scared? I mean, what is the reason behind that? What what actually makes us want to be scared? It's, it's you know that fight or flight response. It's that that fear the... that 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 pumping in your chest. And you guys yeah. can chime in at any time. Yeah, we're we're literally just talking, but yeah. you guys are 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 all completely. Well, Go ahead. Why why do you get do you like to get scared? No. No, <laughs> it's scary. I see. It's too scary. I, I got scared. I, that's the reason why I got married because I wanted to be scared <laughs> every day. Exactly. And I had children. They scared me every day. So even you more. Know, exactly. <laughs> but the bottom line is, I believe if we're going to talk about entertainment and we're going to talk about movies, mm-hmm. that the bottom line is that Universal were the people that basically brought horror to. To the American public, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like Warner Brothers brought uh, gangster movies to to us, mm-hmm. and Universal brought the horrors, the horror genre. And I think there is nothing classier than the thirty late thirties and early forty horror movies. And the bottom line is based on the storyline, based on the makeup. And based on the, the lighting, lighting was the most important thing. But you got to remember, at that time, it was all black and white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Black and white movies are very fascinating. If you oh, yeah. see them, in, you know, if you look at them today, uh, I mean, horror movies today, basically, special effects is what drives that. Mm-hmm. You know, eyeballs melting, your teeth melting, <laughs> <laughs> right. stuff, you know. Right. Back then, it was basically, they didn't have the technology. Mm-hmm. So what they had to kind of do was between the, the script and between the lighting, mm-hmm. they had to 
portray the horror that the audience was going to perceive. Yeah, and scare and, them. And a lot of it was the actors themselves. Exactly. Like they, you know, you get the the cheesy B movies where you'd have decent effects, decent lighting, the Ed Wood kind of stuff. Yeah, the acting was so terrible. It those threw you movies, out. The things that in the fifties they became a little ridiculous. Yes, but now but those in are the kitschy. 30s, and... In the forties, you had major actors playing major roles mm -hmm. in horror films. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, and like I said, I mean, you're talking about the late 30s to early 40s. The films that were produced usually by Universal because they were the ones that captured the genre. Mm -hmm. The yeah. Universal Monsters, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Were terrific. Mm -hmm. I mean, and black and white films, the lighting was, you know, uh, brought a lot to the, to the, to the setup. Yeah. The makeup. And I think if you look at these movies even today, mm -hmm. Uh, the bottom line is that they they still could scare you. I yeah, mean, you know, yeah. You're talking about movies like I mean, if we go back, we go back to the early 20s. Mm -hmm. You know, of uh, Lon Chaney films. Oh yeah. I mean, the guy was a master. Uh, could never survive today because the unions would never allow him to do the makeup that he mm -hmm. did yeah. back then. Mm -hmm. But he was allowed to do that back because it was a brand new industry, and he yeah. was able to to. Uh, to do what he could do in, in regards to his abilities to, to uh, put on makeup. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, it was phenomenal. I think it's a good point is that it was a new industry and, and people hadn't been yeah. doing this yet. So they, they had sort of free reign to mine any material that was already out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you, you, you know, you look at some of the earlier films, Dracula, Frankenstein, these were all based on, on classic novels that yeah. had been around for, at that point, I mean, 50 years or so uh you know um but it was interesting to see how they kind of relied back then you know on the written word and, and what was already there written in book form and in, in the story and the characters and the relationship between the characters as opposed to now where you look at films where it's, it's just very heavily uh reliant on special effects and well, fast edits camera camera cuts and, and yeah stuff. and one of the reasons why i love like foreign horror films especially like Asian horror films mm -hmm. because they're not so about the uh, the jump out and scare you and the big monster and the this and the stab and blah, blah, blah. it most of their stuff is built on scenery and mood and lighting it's that lurking horror yeah that it, they have it's very do, reminiscent do you, do you feel of, that's been cheapened with the I mean in particular with the US remakes of yes uh, of, of course of course okay. yeah I mean look at um Dark Water. Yeah. The original. It, it was very, very good. Very somber. Very dark. And then the remake, yes, it has Jennifer Connelly, and she's gorgeous and amazing. <laughs> so we, we assume people here saw the remake of, of Dark Water. It, yeah. <laughs> but Asian, no, no, I, I, you're, you're right. But, but I'm saying it's so much more reminiscent of the early black and whites, you know, because it was built on mood and lighting and character development. Not just the jump out, scare you, blood, guts, and gore. Well, we, we were inflation. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. we were talking about in the 1950s it being a new industry, but it might not be as new as as you think. I was taking a look, you know, researching what are some of like the oldest horror movies, and one of the very oldest movies ever is one of the oldest horror movies. There was a movie called The Execution of Mary Queen of Scots. And it was uh, in 1895. It was actually done by uh, by Edison, 
when he had those, yeah. what are those little flip uh, flip machines called before they actually had to? Picturella? Yeah, where they yeah. look through the little. There's a carousel where you. Exactly. It was yeah. one of those, and they, they recorded it, and it was basically, you know, Mary Queen of Scots being beheaded. And it was only about 15, 20 seconds long, and I watched it, and I'll have it on the show notes. But people, because they used a jump cut is what they used. So so they went to go cut the uh, the, the actors. Actually, it was an actor, not an actress. It, so he actually had one of the first uh, drag roles in no. in, in, you know, in film just, history. Back to Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I started back. Well, in in, oh in film God. history, <laughs> in right. film history. But right. so basically, they went to go cut the actor's head off uh, that was dressed up like Mary Queen of Scots, and they did a quick jump cut to a mannequin and you know pushed the body away and then held up the head. Right. So that's I mean, people actually thought at that time when they were looking through little kaleidoscope things. I should figure out the word and we should interject it. Um, when, but when they were doing that, they, they thought it was real. People actually thought that someone was beheaded. So basically he also started the, the myth of the snuff film as well. Mm -hmm. Almost in, in one breath, he, one film, he started the snuff film. He started horror movies and, uh, well, you know, I mean, that's an interesting point because you, you talk about the jump cut and how people back then, when this is a new medium that comes out and people are viewing it for the first time, mm -hmm. they're not sitting there understanding how film is cut and edited and to, to portray yeah, a certain yeah. image. And, uh, you know, you could go, uh, even if you, if you fast forward a little bit to, to some of uh, Hitchcock's films, where Hitchcock was, back in his time, he was notorious for, for shooting uh, scenes that lasted... 10 15 minutes long without a without a cut yeah but in reality when you when you look at his films and, and knowing what we know now you can see that he actually did execute certain cuts throughout the scenes in in a very surreptitious way that audiences then wouldn't realize but 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 now we understand where he could he could pan somebody walking across a room and he'd have a, a coat rack come in front of the, the camera mm -hmm. and you pick him up on the other side of the coat rack but in reality that coat rack was his cut point right and he could cut throughout those 15 minute scenes and have five six seven ten cuts mm -hmm. in that one shot um but you know the the audiences and this is this it was sort of like a learning experience for them just watching this stuff so they didn't really know yeah, nobody was looking for that now yeah. you know? right yeah. right and and which is which is completely different now well, where back we, then we watch, you didn't have film students you didn't have people who were like film nerds it was a brand yeah. new mm -hmm. medium and it was a money exchange kind of medium yeah yeah and bottom line was they were they were working along i, I like that they were working along <laughs> To try and see what would work for them. What, what, what would the people enjoy? Yeah. By the time I was growing up, you know, Jason or actually really Halloween, like Halloween the movie. Yeah. That that kind of movie came out in what? I think 77, something yeah. like that. Yeah. That came out in 77, yeah. 78. That, that's the year that I was born was 78. So we're talking by the time that came that came out and I was growing up as a little kid who would actually watch horror movies that's what was on TV so I could actually watch that freely I couldn't go to you know the movies and see an R-rated movie but I could see it on TV late at night you know in my room after nine o'clock you know I'm supposed to be in bed and I'm staying up watching USA up all night watching you know what I mean watch yeah yeah, yeah, yeah with, you know or Gilbert Godfrey That's watching right. horror movies you know of right. course a lot of the time they were B movies and they were terrible but you know sometimes you'd have a good one like that you'd, yeah. you'd see Halloween or you'd see 
sleepaway camp or whatever. But now, well, you know what? And, and, and there's a, I mean, there's, there's a difference in, it's, in it's, our, it's in definitely our, generation yeah, set up because I could appreciate those movies for what they were for. You just talk about the gore effects for the, the in-camera practical effects that they use yeah. as opposed there was no cgi no everything they did they had to come up with the I, I, tom savini was is, oh, is a wizard yeah. at, at the yeah. the the gore effects that they used in all of those films and uh you know they had to come out up with a way to to show the deaths on scene yeah. there wasn't cgi i mean you there had... was a fake body with a real head or an arm and the, yeah. i mean that well, to we me also, that was great we were talking earlier i i, I think uh mr Malk, you said uh metamorphosis so I kind of wanted to talk about... That's a great word. I well, said, did I really you, say you that? You said metamorphosis. <laughs> yes, you great. did. I wanted to talk about the Wolfman's metamorphosis. Well, I, I, let me tell you something. You know? I can give you a whole... Uh, the first uh, werewolf movie that came out that was pretty good was uh, called The Werewolf of London. Mm-hmm. It's in the early 30s with Henry Hull. And the bottom line was that they didn't have the technology at that time to actually show the metamorphosis of the of the character to become the wolfman. Right. So what they did was they were able to set up a situation where the guy had uh he had to walk through pillars in oh, in his yeah. yard. Yeah. So every time he walked past another pillar or a column in the yard, he was able to basically they he got they, more bestial. Yeah. Exactly. Huh. Because they didn't have Which is the, no different than the Hitchcock cuts. Using the right, yeah. because they didn't have the technology back then to basically do that. Yeah, you know, and then the Lon Chaney, when Lon he, Chaney, the Wolfman, they were able to do that at that time. Right, and that was more of like well, it's just it a layer. Like, but, it was a layer. Uh, yeah, the fake, like, they were on. able to to, to uh, shoot over the over the camera mm-hmm. and basically try and show the metamorphosis of him becoming the Wolfman. Yeah, and the uh, the earlier one with Henry Hull, which was a great movie. And it was a very scary movie at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the bottom, and, it, and I was like, uh, I think I was like, uh, uh, I wasn't even born yet when they, they made that, to be honest with you. See, it would have scared you. <laughs> but I saw it as a kid and scared the hell out of me. But you <laughs> see, you've got the same thing that we do. We were talking about our generations are a little bit different, but I grew up watching, watching Halloween, the movie, mm-hmm. being scared of Michael Myers with his plain face mask that was actually William Shatner, yeah. you know, yeah. and, just, and, exactly. and you grew up, you know, being afraid of the Wolfman. It was a movie before you were born, you know, exactly. and, and, you know, it started maybe coming on TV at that time. Universal had a very, a very uh, good insight into the horror genre. Yeah. Based on their lighting, based on their director, and I think the fella's name was Whalen, James Whalen, I'm, and I might be wrong on that, yeah, Whalen, I know, yeah, but he was the guy that did the... Uh, Frankenstein movies. Mm-hmm. He also did, uh, I believe, The Invisible Man. But what you have to realize back then, in, in the early, in the late 30s and early 40s, when Universal decided to do horror movies, they took very popular actors at that time yeah. that were very good at their craft to do the interpretation of these films. Mm-hmm. For example, Claude Rains. Oh yeah, Claude Rains yeah. was a phenomenal yeah. actor. Yeah. He did The Invisible Man, Phantom of the Opera, and he was the father in The Wolfman, mm-hmm. playing against Lon Chaney. Was he the fa- Phantom of the Opera? He was the Phantom in one of the He versions? was the Phantom. He was the Phantom of the Opera. It was the, uh, Phantom. Right. the first version that came out, which I think is probably one of the greatest horror films that the United States has ever produced. I mean, base is Phantom of the Opera. 
and it was based on a short story by I think his name is Lennox Gastro, who was a Frenchman mm-hmm. who wrote the story. Ooh, la, la. And Law Cheney was the guy that read this short story and said, "You know what? I could turn this into a, a phenomenal movie based on my ability to be an actor and a, and a makeup artist." Right. right. And the bottom line was. He took that thing, and, and in 1925, uh, two or three years earlier, he did the uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame with Todd Browning, which mm-hmm. really propelled him into mainstream uh, acting, mm-hmm. and, and, and and as a guy that really could can handle his weight. Yeah. And then he went in, and he dealt with, uh, I think it was Paramount Studios, and uh, the the, I can't remember off the top of my head the name of the, the producer. It was a uh, very well-known guy. But the bottom line was he he bought the rights to uh, that story, that short story and made Phantom of the Opera. It was produced in 1925. Uh, after it was produced, uh, the studio had some ideas of how they wanted the ending changed and they jerked around with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line, it was two years later, the thing was... Uh, brought out again, and it's a classic now. Oh, yeah. I mean, the yeah, bottom line, it's a classic. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting how the evolution of those films has spawned the films that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, The Shining and The Thing. Take The Thing, mm-hmm. for example. The original Thing came out in like... What? James Arness. Yeah. He was The Thing. Yeah. In the early 50s. Who goes there? Who goes there? It was the original story. Yeah. Right. And then you had the, the 82 version with um, Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. my, one of my favorite movies ever. And then they just recently redid it, what, like two years ago? Yeah, I haven't, and it's horrible. I haven't seen it. <laughs> so you're like, you know, the early black and white, you could understand, like, at the time, it being really, really good. Scary, yeah. You know, and then, you know, a few years later, it's even better. And then it gets crappy. <laughs> well, you know what I, I, I think the problem is that uh, technology is great. Yeah. And the, and the bottom line is, Jonathan, don't say a word. <laughs> I know. I've Tech- seen. I've actually seen John raise his finger like four times, like he's about to say <laughs> he's something. He's never seen and then any he keeps, of these And then he keeps on Lon stopping. It's Lon Chaney. It's Lon Chaney. his bike up with. <laughs> John, go ahead. You just you rock and roll. Tell us tell us what you think. I don't really know anything. I listen to my pop. Go ahead. <laughs> when I uh, saw Frankenstein when I was a, very, very young, mm-hmm. when I used to play in silent movies. <laughs> no, but I used to see, I thought that that was the, you know, it was like amazing. Like somebody, I know Shelley wrote the story, and I mm-hmm. thought that first movie was actually the first interpretation of that, that book. Hmm. But it's it turns out that that it. was like, about the seventh or eighth interpretation, there was there was plays on Broadway. Oh yeah, there was pre, plays off Broadway that based and plays in London that were, were Frankenstein. And yeah. basically, what they did was they took when they filmed that movie, they took all of the interpretations off of the book, so they used the book and everybody else's interpretation and made the movie. Mm-hmm. And what I think made the the movie very interesting and very great was number one. There's something about a black and white film that you oh, gotta yeah. say, your man, this is um, this is cool, yeah. you know. The lighting effect on the thing is amazing, and back then dialogue was very important because you mm-hmm. gotta remember, writers were, were in studios, they weren't home working on their email. Well, and people had 
better attention spans back then too. Exactly. Nowadays, if you don't get a, a if jump you don't get it, it yeah, in the first five minutes, exactly. People are like, "Oh God, this is so boring." Well, also for anybody who who has actually read that the source material, I mean, Frankenstein Sh- Shelley's novel is nothing like what the movies are. There no. is no Igor in Castle Frankenstein. Right. The, and the, the, that doesn't exist. Did you see the... Uh, exactly. The Mary Thanks. Shelley... Frank, which Mary Shelley's Mary Frankenstein. Shelley's the Frankenstein. remake yeah. with De Niro as the, the creature. And, and it was just awful. Terrible. But there are good parts that are it, just like the book. It, it, it tries to be a little... It tries to be a little more... Uh, Respectful of the source material. Yes, but first of all, I, I don't want to see De Niro stumbling around with, with monster. <laughs> yeah. Right, just, right. But it I'm looks saying, bad enough as it is. I don't need. But, but his his interpretation and the makeup they used was much closer to the source material than say like the the fifties version was. Where the, the, the top. Well, top, closer, top maybe the, closer to the source material, but further from what it is that we're even paying as an audience to, to sit and view. Right, I, right. I mean, we had back then they saw this book, they said, you know what, I don't even know how many people who were involved in making the 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 movie version of Frankenstein actually read the book. Right. It, it's nothing to do with it. James it doesn't need to be. James Whalen, James Whalen was the guy that also that directed all the uh, Frankenstein movies. I think he did The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. He was hot with Universal at that time because he had the the eye what people wanted to see. He felt that he could interpret what people wanted to see for horror. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you look at those movies, I mean, today, I mean, I'm 62 years old. Halloween comes. I don't want to see like Freddy Krueger the Third or like you know. Uh, uh, That's his grandson. I mean, the reality. I don't want to see yeah. this. I want to see these old black and white horror movies. Maybe because I remember that from when I was young, but also I think they were done very, very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the lighting, the dialogue, the storyline on them was was true horror. You but know? you also have you also have things like. The, the those those movies were were done before people had seen a whole lot of film. So that's done, right? You have all you know. You have the Universal monsters and everything else. So what do you do to get audiences to enjoy the next crop of movies? That's you a, know. That's I a mean, hard, you know you what? Know, that's you, a great question because the reality of it is, and it and it, it, it falls over not even from horror movies, but the our entertainment and today. Everything, yeah. yeah. Do, do you want to see something that uh, has phenomenal special effects that basically enthrall you watching these things mm-hmm. and, and seeing these things? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to see storyline and character development? Well, right. it's like, it's like, you know, and, uh, you know, Joe always chides me every time I, I mention <laughs> Sideshow at all. But, you know, uh, you, you see one sword swallower. Have you seen them all? Is that true or is it not? No. I don't think it is no. because no. of the way you you handle yourself, the way you make people laugh. Exactly. It's the same thing with horror movies. So so you have a, a, a horror movie that scares you in a certain way and then you have another one that, you know, they have to get you some other way. Well, is it is it a question of is the industry dictating to the audience what the audience wants to see or is it is it the industry – Responding to what the audience it's, wants to see, I think like, it's a little bit of both. Well, for example, you take a you take a film or even a, a a book that the film is based on, like like The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. That great, is that is a great, great movie. Great movie. It is a it's a great book. Oh, yeah. written fantastically. Yeah, but 
you know, I got to say, in today's audience, people look at that who who grew up with the Saw franchise or oh, yeah, or yeah, any yeah. of those kind of films. That and, torture porn, yeah, stuff, they yeah. call it and torture porn exactly. And and they look at that and that I could. They look at something like The Exorcist, and that's a slow moving film. That's right. a slow book that probably wouldn't be published today because it it takes but so let, long to get. Let off me the tell ground. you, a few years ago when it came back out and they re released it well, into the and, movies, but they also re edited it. Yeah, that's true. So, I went yeah. to go see it. And they put in stuff that yeah. originally was deemed too extreme at the time, like the crab walk and yeah. stuff like that. Well, they cool. cut that. Yeah, they originally cut all that out because the, the censors were like, no, that's, yeah. that's insane. You can't have that on film. And now there's been a slow, steady incline of gore and horror and how much more people can handle yeah. Through you know the twenties, the thirties, the fifties. The fifties was a huge boom for color, and you had more. Well, effects. you had you had you had Technicolor coming yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, actually, actually, in the forties, you had that coming right. out. Right, but I mean, in major movies, because they had color, they could do so much more, and they pushed it to see if people could handle it, and then people were like, "This is awesome," and they had to. You know, well, yeah, that's they the Exorcist. What, when did that come out? Did, does anybody know? In the seventies. In the seventies. Like so okay, so we talked the fifties. We uh, we let's let's uh, you know we haven't even hit like books. We haven't yeah, hit yeah. any. I mean, we haven't hit any of like yeah. the 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 old novels or anything like that. We've mm-hmm. pretty much just been doing movies. But you know, mm-hmm. we'll go with it. Yeah. So what came <laughs> out during the sixties? Because. I think that there was a big boom in horror movies in the fifties. Obviously, it was mm-hmm. the beginning of horror movies. So, during the 60s, what did you, what did we have? Actually, what you had because was... Because I, I remember, like, B-movies. Let me like, tell you something. What you had, basically, in the 60s was England, Hammer. Yeah. Oh, Hammer, Hammer films, yeah. yeah. Hammer a films. Italian, uh, a lot of films. Italian horror films. A lot of Italian yes, horror films. Yes, they your, came your, in. Like, iZombie and stuff? That's right. Is that where iZombie came yeah, from? Yeah, that's where the Fulci, the Fulci... Oh, and they, and they yeah. did a lot, of, a lot of remakes of the classics. Hammer, yeah. I mean... Phantom of the Opera. Herbert Lom was the the Phantom. But I mean, you that was done by Hammer Films. You, you, want, you want to be in the U.S. in the '60s? It was Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that, that oh, kind of started it. How again. could I forget that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. That wow. was that was the big one, and and uh, and that spawned an entire genre unto itself. That, that, just the zombie. And I hated zombie movies. <laughs> do you still hate zombie movies? They don't do nothing. First of all, so how can, do they, how can do you they... be afraid of somebody that can only walk like one block every two hours? <laughs> you get, you deserve mean, to well, die. If you can't get can you, they should kill you. But if you, if you have... Like the mummy. The point is, is that they're like, it's like a, it's like a swarm of bees. You know, bees one bee, fast. okay, sure, you don't care. But if it's 200 of them, because let me tell you yeah. what. If but if any, they only walk like one, one second, if it drive a little bit, sleep. If, if anything, four hundred pound dead guy creeping up on you, and then you've got twenty other ones that all weigh, you know, one forty one. You know, the, the just the body weight alone. I if can you handle can't that. Get, they don't scare me. But I'm saying, like that's that's the fear. That's why even I was a kid, the mummy never scared me because I said, you know what, I can run away from this guy <laughs> or, or just light him on fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. I mean, pop out Oh, he's done. Right. Yeah. yeah. And actually, they had, zombie movies were big. In the fifties, oh, late fifties, yeah. fifties, seventies, uh, they huge. never did well. You know why they never did well? Because they really weren't a threat. Because mm-hmm. people looked at them and said, "You know what? <laughs> this guy takes them like twenty-five minutes to walk down a block. I right. could like outrun this guy." <laughs> well, and that so, but you know what? They're big. Yeah, they're huge That's now. Huge yeah. vampires. 
And mm-hmm. zombies. And zombies are yeah. huge. Yeah. They're almost like okay. you can't kill them. It's how you betray it. Well, vampires have come back because of the... The what what do they call that paranormal paranormal romance? Yeah. Okay. So I was I was based on. When was the last time they've been scary? That's the question. Yeah. The yeah. It's, yeah. Now scary. it's become it's it's become some sort of thing where it's it's kind of like looking through a mythological history book. Well, it goes so back to the you, you know horror literature in mm-hmm. like the 18th century. Yeah. That was where the supernatural horror came from. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're talking about like. Well, does horror have to be supernatural? I mean, I know no, you no, have no. a lot of slasher films and stuff, but you know, you're talking Wolfman, you're talking, well, the- you're talking uh, vampires. That's all supernatural. There's, I think that pretty much the only the only horror that doesn't really have some sort of supernatural bend to it is slasher films, and even some of them even, do. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, Mike or Myers ego. from Halloween, you yeah. kill him fourteen yeah. times, yeah, but he's still coming. But to a life. lot of that stuff also comes from the time that you're that, that those films were made, where it was, you know, everything from, you know, you could you start looking at looking at horror and thriller films that were done or, or books written. Uh, Back in the '60s, and and go through you, you go you, you the 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 subgenres that you're in reflect the times that you're in. Exactly. Where, where you're looking at Marxism or or the the communist influx, right. or or any of that kind or the of rise of serial killers. Exactly, it was the war. it became like the home invasion issues. It became yeah. the who who's your neighbor? Who who's this person really? Who what what what's you know sub basement is in this person's personality you know right, cachet right. and and that that's a lot of what those films addressed and i think that um it, it was kind of cool that as the as the the years moved on and the genre progressed with it that they reflected a lot of that societal uh concerns yeah. they kind of lost touch with the basic core of what horror is is just to go for that gut not really necessarily reflect what's you know out there at the time, but just to kind of go for that that gut punch, and then yeah. and I, I and this this sounds really kind of sappy, but it's not till like the the a lot of the commercial films of the late mid to late seventies into the early eighties in in the horror genre where they just kind of went back to that sort of gut punch and not not worried about any societal influence on those films and and. Spielberg's early movies, uh, whether he yeah. directed them, whether he produced them, uh, anything from Jaws to his, which he directed to the, the movies he produced, uh, uh, Gremlins, Poltergeist, yeah. films like those. Oh, that God, just kind of went back to uh, the I, yeah. core of hometown America. Gremlins what? scared you? No, it didn't scare me, but it, it, it was what, always Gremlins scared me more than Gremlins. <laughs> Gremlins is probably the darkest non horror movie ever made. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah. and here's a little. little tidbit for you it was gremlins in conjunction with uh the second indiana jones movie temple of doom mm-hmm. that warranted the pg-13 rating it didn't exist until those two movies came out oh yeah that really? the mpaa came out and said we need a, new, a rating in between pg and r huh. and, and these those two movies gremlins and, and, and temple of doom are the two movies that that okay so <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you i'll i'll i will be frank I'm, I'm Frank. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah, you can still be Joe. So the only horror movie that ever really got me and gave me nightmares as a child, and here's the worst part about it, it was a remake. It was the remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Now, yeah. I, I had never seen the original, but the remake was on TV, and the very, very end of the movie, and if you're not into spoilers, you know, don't listen to this, but at the very end of the movie, the girl and the guy had gotten away, and they had to split up for some reason. 
and they were in D.C. And I think it's the fact that I live in Baltimore and I've been to D.C. when the cherry blossoms are blooming. So it's a scene where she has is ragged because she has to stay awake. Otherwise, her body is snatched. Right. The, she meets up and she sees the guy that she's been with the entire movie. And he she looks up at him and she goes, oh, whatever his name is. I, I apologize. He looks back at her and he goes. <laughs> And then it cuts to black. And I got to tell you, I have never, I, I've never had nightmares like the night that I watched that movie. And that, that to me, like the fact that it put that much fear into me. And I think the reason why is because I have actually been to that place. I've been to the mall while the cherry blossoms are blooming. So it hit me so close to home that it actually gave me nightmares for years, for years about that. Well, Chris, my wife does that to me every night. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. She gives looks you at nightmares me or did like she that do that? And scares the, yeah, she gives me that, ah! Scares the living hell out of me. That was actually the, my third band name. Was That was, <laughs> no, we were going to call it. The, oh, it was the, <laughs> yeah, but we kept on fighting about how we were going to name it. spell it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom line with her, it's, right. it's very simple. Horror movies, good horror movies have the same theme to them. I mean, it's all really Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I mean, Phantom of the Opera was Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Beauty and the Beast. King Kong is Beauty and the Beast. And True Blood is Beauty and Several Beasts, right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. All just, who's yeah. the beauty? Sparkles. <laughs> well, I mean, I oh, think... Oh, you don't think Anna Paquin is attractive mm. at all? Okay. Well, to kind of play on that, I don't necessarily know oh, if It was when she was rogue, she was. If but, I'd break it go. down to Beauty and the Beast, but it, it, it comes well, down you? to... Well, I'd, I'd say it's more like, like the the most relatable situation that you could you could put yourself into, where the, the scariest horror is the most down to earth, down home horror that you could think of, and that's yeah. individual, like whatever your situation. Well, I, is. I, I mean, look, that didn't. I always love horror movies, and I can't really say that there was a horror movie that scared me where I was like afraid to watch it. But I've I've read a few books growing up, and well, our our home movies. (laughs) You read you read a few books growing up. (laughs) Read a few books. I mean, one of the one of the scariest books I read that that when I was a kid was was Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. And I'll tell you what, growing up, my my parents were very uh, on on top of what movies we watched, and I guess to an extent, what music we listened to. Uh, But as far as books went, I. They never said anything. I guess they figured if we were reading, yeah. that was fine. Yeah, they never said anything really about music. But nope, I, nobody ever read a book. So, I, yeah. really. <laughs> so I, I read everything. And I was I mean, I mean, was 11 years old, and I found a box of, of Reader's Digest books and stuff in my grandparents' house. And I, I read Lolita for the first time when I was like in middle school. Mm. Didn't even understand it until I went back and read it later. But <laughs> right. these are, I, I, just, I just read it. And, uh, you know, I was maybe... I don't know, 12, 13 years old when I read Pet Cemetery for the first time. And that, that, that I remember having my, my, my grandparents over the house. Everybody was downstairs at my parents. I was still living home. I'm 13 years old and everybody's downstairs in the kitchen hanging out. And I'm reading this book in my room and I get to the part where he's, where they're talking about, uh, the, the, the wife's sister who had this spinal yeah, thing yeah. and this creepy right yeah exactly it was just <laughs> freak and i got like to the end of the chat and i just shut the book i'm like man i'm going downstairs i just <laughs> right. i just no. booked it right down and like those those things kind of stick out where those yeah. but and, and you know parts of the exorcist did that to me um great you know, movie great great movie great book great movie yeah exorcist. and 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 you know those were uh 
they, they resonated the most because they were very commonplace. There was, it was just about families and living in an, an area and or a neighborhood that I could relate to and a family situation that I, I could relate to. And it was right. that, that tapping into that artery of just natural yeah. life yeah, that, yeah. that really struck. Well, you have, you me. have the, the new, the new paranormal activity kind of movies too, the you know, shaky cam, the shaky cam um, kind of stuff. Thing. You know, you you've got you've got all that. I mean, I think that that kind of comes back to you know Amityville horror a little bit. You know, it's the fact that it's oh, it's just a normal family's life, and you know, this is what's, and then all of a sudden, boom, the crazy switch turns on. You know, yeah. I mean, that's 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 well, the problem for at least for me, the problem with those movies are I can't get past the. The marketing ploy to, yeah. to, to enjoy those movies. Like, yeah. I know they're sitting there going, wow, we just set up a VHS camera and filmed this whole thing for $2,000 and we're going to make $10 million on mm-hmm. box office day. I'm like, well, I can't you, get past that part but of it. Do but you know right. why, why did that happen? That happened because the Blair Witch. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. that's that's where that came from, you know, based Which on the, get a lot of the, mixed, the story of the Bell Witch. In this room, we got a. Uh, but a lot of that yes, comes from, from <laughs> old hoaxes from the 60s and the 70s with like. Um, Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot. And on the door handle. Because people were doing <laughs> these, That's, that's yeah. one of the things I totally wanted yeah, to talk about were tonight. Doing these, yeah. These hoax films, you know, of those, you know, creatures. Well, what the, about the like guy real, I, the real scary stuff like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Well, that, that stuff can really happen. Based on, best, based on Ed Gain. Yeah, Ed Gain. Yeah. Well, multiple serial killers. Yeah, like, he mean, mean, uh, he yeah. Was, was, Let's ask this. Here's a good uh, would, would Texas Chainsaw Massacre be any less uh, influential if it wasn't based on anything? And my, my argument would be no. I I, I don't think See, it needs to be based it would be, yeah, I well, think that's the way a lot that movie was shot. Anything that has a, a little vein, has a little yeah. vein, anything that has a little vein it through to it, I think has I don't need. I don't think that movie needed it. I think the way that movie was shot, the the visceral, just you, you talk about now with the paranormal activity movies where it's all these video cameras and it's it's cinema verte where it's mm-hmm. just as it is what they're shooting. Yeah, yeah. I think Chainsaw Massacre kind of did that. Without using the 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 trope of actually holding a video yeah. camera, that was as real and as visceral as you can get. Because on it, film. well, he didn't have the money, he didn't have the special effects bill, he didn't have mm-hmm. the crazy cameras. He had a small budget, and you know he wanted to do a down home, gritty horror movie. Mm-hmm. So with what he had, and the yeah. actors and stuff, yeah, it became something more than what he expected it to be. But well, yeah. I mean, even about other movies that really aren't. I mean, Son of Sam, to me, that's a horror movie. I mean, Son of Sam, that's yeah. realistic. Which is the Son, which son of Sam? I, I, which I went to high school mean? with that guy. <laughs> Seriously, honest to God, he used I to copy him. off my dad's papers. Uh, I mean, that, that's <laughs> Adam, scary. Uh, Adam Berkowitz, I think his name was. That's scary yeah. stuff. He was, that's uh, real life. Dave, werewolves. Dave, Dave, actually, he dated my wife before I married her. Oh, oh. And actually, I, I'm the oldest kid. I look a little bit he like him. Like, oh, we're we're getting a scoop today. You guys have tonight. a big black dog. <laughs> but I mean that. I mean, like I, I mean, for me, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was just that was a brutal movie. Well, but, I mean, it's running around. <laughs> well, no, no, I think Rob cuts his leg. I, well, I mean, you know what? Look, when big, I saw that, I was young, and that that's well, that's, that's just what it is. A big part of the of these things are where you are in your life personally when exactly. you when you see them. You but you know, them. the way that that was shot, you you said that it was kind of shot like kind of low budget and whatnot. Yeah. But I always I always remember watching that 
and you know watching some of the sequels and whatnot but the way the very first one was shot it was shot so gritty and shot so well, the, the it, film like, is bleached almost, it looks real yeah your, your, your shots are overexposed it looks Everything like a home movie like someone, exactly that's because so, they had a crew of like 10 people you know like but you know what it was effective but yeah but that's you know it, it came off as natural and gritty and and still to this day horror you know, movie makers, they still try to get that look. Mm-hmm. And they can't, you know? And it looks so fake and phony. And you're like, oh, come on. They're just let, trying to let rebuild me you, Because they're trying to use Photoshop be- to do it. Yeah. If you had to pick your best horror movie that you've ever seen, what would you pick? Oh, man. Oof. Um, probably The Shining. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah because it's, it's Pretty not cool. psychological okay. essence. Yeah. yeah. That is so much more scary than a monster or a villain. To That's me, just, yeah, it's psychologically it's, it's nuts. All, it's Kubrick. You know That's, I mean? That, Stanley now, Kubrick. With how the, old are you? I'm 33. 33. So, yeah. so young guy, shining. Interesting. What would you say? Chris? Well, no, let's go around yeah, the other around side of the room first. Do me last. Okay. Come, on, yeah, do do me last. Come on. Come on. What would you ahead, say, John, John, is your favorite horror movie? I'd probably have to say Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Okay. That scared the hell out of me. Yeah. All right. Pretty cool. Ronald? It's up to you now. Go ahead. Yeah, it's yours. Well, I got about seven or eight. I think. <laughs> and a thousand faces. <laughs> Pick one. Uh, I would have to say, like, <laughs> the scariest horror movie. I think, beyond it, I think the scariest horror movie I've ever seen was The Exorcist, and I was older when I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to say that was really done well. I need a priest. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I have a ton of others behind it. I mean, because I go back. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't go back that far. But <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to see these on TV. I mean, I'm talking about movies from the, the Man 30s. Of a thousand Man, faces is... Well, Man of a Thousand Faces, uh, I thought was an outstanding movie, but it basically was a horror movie. It was based on the life story of biopic mm. of Lon Chaney, yeah. mm-hmm. who really was a phenomenal actor. And he was a phenomenal uh, force in uh, horror films, yeah. horror makeup horror films yeah I mean he paved the way for Stan Winston and mm-hmm. you know Tom Savini and all yeah. the other I mean he, the guy guys. the guy was terrific he yeah. was unbelievable and I, I saw that movie when I was a young kid scared the living hell out of me when I saw him take his mask off in the Phantom of the Opera mm-hmm. and uh, I got fixated on Lon Chaney as a, as a young guy yeah and uh, but the movie was terrific and I mean I, I have it I, I probably watch that movie once every two or three months because <laughs> my son got it for me. I had a tape from uh, a, it was AMC or something, yeah, but he gave me the tape. But the bottom line is it's a great movie. The, the, the life story of him was with Lon Chaney. I mean, was with James Cagney, a great actor. Yeah. Dorothy Malone. I mean, terrific people. Mm. And it was a very interesting flick. And uh, it was about an interesting guy. Yeah, you know? definitely. But uh, what he did was, was unbelievable. Mm. Unbelievable. And I got to meet the guy that was in that film. Uh, oh, you're talking about uh, the the priest. No, 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 yeah, no. That was in the Exorcist. No, no, that was the Exorcist. I met him too also. I used to do a little writing. I saw some stories, TV oh, and uh, No, no, Bob Evans. You bet Bob, Bob Evans. Evans. Who not was the, Robert Evans, not, a producer? Robert guy. Evans. Not, not, no, not, not, that's not, who I thought he was. <laughs> Bob, Bob Evans. He, he produced right The Godfather. He was the guy. Yeah, he was the guy that ran Paramount for many, wow. many years. My dad, married Alan. Let's McGraw. get. Let's give this guy a little bit of street credit here yeah, too. Nice, the guy. Nice. My dad had a, a television series on NBC called Secret Service for was it a, a ser- one year. season, two seasons? Yeah, one year. Uh, 
you know. So you, but so. I, I, I did a little bit of writing for for uh, TV and for movies, and I got played, to meet some was, great um, guys. In the Exorcist, he was the pea soup. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if you look at that movie, uncredited, you see, I am the guy that's jogging next to the priest. <laughs> nice. Right, with yeah. a cigarette in his tongs. <laughs> I was running in tongs and I had a cigarette in my mouth, but they said it was pretty cool, so they kept it in the movie. <laughs> that's awesome. But uh, and I actually I met him too. I had dinner with that guy. Hmm. He's and you know what? He's a phenomenal writer. He's yeah. a playwright. He's a playwright. And uh, I, uh, Pat, his son is uh, Jason Patrick. I, I exactly. know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Jason Pat, the yeah, actor. The actor Jason is his son. Is the son of really? the priest and the exorcist. I can't remember his name. And, huh. and I mean, the father is the main guy. I mean, his he wrote. Uh, I can't remember what play it is, but it's. He's like the. I was Pulitzer told. Prize winner. Yeah, he's a Pulitzer Prize winner. That this play is is performed somewhere in the United States every day. Mm-hmm. You know, wow. I can't remember the name. In his backyard. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, he, it was not. We're doing it in my basement. And the guy, and the guy's from Pennsylvania, so he's I, a good I was going to say because I performed in your backyard a few times too. <laughs> so you know what I mean. A little bit of you fire are, eating. You, it's similar. Putting my right, hand right. in an animal <laughs> trap, you know. So all right, Ron. But, Ron, what, uh, what is your movies? what is your favorite? Go I'd for say it. I, I was going to say The Exorcist too, but I guess maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll go like mainstream commercial and say poltergeist i Ooh, I, I think really? i think it's a great movie and i like the fact that you know you you see all these haunted house stories whether it's before poltergeist or after where everybody just says why don't why don't you just leave the damn house yeah where yeah. they couldn't their kid was in the, yeah in that is somewhere and i i think in the, in the tv yeah. I, i'll tell you what the, the movie TV is what how old is that movie here. 30 years old That's now the hell out of me. Oh, yeah. and uh it's still just so on point you could watch oh, it yeah. today and it's like when, man that just really just nails she it falls into the freshly dug pool pit where they're building the pool remember that scene yeah yeah she, with, the, with the skeletons coming up yeah but that that moment where she's struggling you know she just She's trying to find her kid because the boy mm-hmm. gets pulled out by the tree monster. Yeah. And and she's in the pool pit, and you can just kind of see the look on her face, you know, as she's in this mucky, nasty water, scared out of her life. And then the next thing you know, these skeletons start floating up to the top. Well, you know, it's like, I but you know, yeah, you, that, you that pull it, you, you make a good point because you think about any other movie or book or anything else in the genre where if you were to tell me, oh, there's this scary movie where this tree comes alive and tries to eat a kid and this doll, right. this clown doll comes alive and then this, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds, yeah. but that movie made it work. That movie made that, it made, made that ridiculousness creepy and, and, and subtle. Yeah. For as extraneous as, as it was, it was okay. Really but dead. you're talking the tree coming alive. You know that happened in the Evil Dead too, and that oh, was yes, it did. Scary. That's, that's, all, that's also that, well, that's a cool class, and that's a whole different genre. And that was a lot worse what the tree did. Oh, Chris, <laughs> I had that's that true. problem in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> this tree, I kept cutting down, I kept coming back, it's just coming back. <laughs> now they're dating. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. Uh, this is going to be, I think this is going to be highly contested, okay? I, I, I think that I might have two of them, because there was two that really got to me. But the the one that I would say first... The Christmas Smurf episode? Joe? That was a, it was a Star Wars I mean, we haven't talked about Ninja Turtles yet. No, uh, no, no. That's not horror. It could be. It could be, you know? Ghostbusters. I want to hear your favorite. Mine would probably be The Lost Boys. Ooh, that's, that's, a great, yeah. that's a good one. That's a good, that's a good one. one. Honestly, I mean, I, I, I literally, it's yeah, probably the horror movie that I've watched the most, and it's probably the horror movie that's played 
and I haven't watched because I had it on VHS when I was growing up. And well, you can well, get well, it I'm not going to go in further. And, and, and no, no, but no, I agree. And, and the most effective thing, at least for me, from the Lost Boys is the lack of budget that they had yeah. to to show. The Lost Boys as vampires, where yeah. all the camera shots were just sky. It was POV sky shots of them mm-hmm. flying around. You never know if you're seeing what they're seeing or if it's just the narrative of the film. Yeah. So you really all all the effects are really off screen. It's yeah. it's really amazing when you think about it. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's it's you're it's the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. So the less you show, the scarier it is. Mm-hmm. Well, because it's almost more realistic. Yeah. That's more realistic to me yeah, than exactly. a lot of other horror movies. Well, but the best scene in that entire movie mm-hmm. is the beach scene to do with the saxophone. I still believe. So apparently, like, I've looked into that guy, and he actually <laughs> is... is well, he's a vampire. He was a saxophone player for Prince. Mm. No lie, and he really yes. explains it. Yes, That's a horror a saxophone- story right yeah. there. So my other you know, one, you know, Prince ate his musicians. Yeah. <laughs> People really don't know cool that. They yes. kept him young. Look at him. Look at yeah. him now. Oh, the know. guy's 108 years <laughs> old. He's looking. He's, he's freaking Dorian Gray. Yeah. You know? So which my, is another great horror movie. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Was it a movie? Because I never yes, saw it. Dorian Gray. I didn't. Oh, I've never absolutely. seen it as a movie. Yeah, it's been it's been several movies. Really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, in 2004, 2005, it was an English production. Mm-hmm. The Because I've read the book. I have read the book. Yeah. I just, I have the ne- first, never. The first, uh, I think, movie that was in the, it was an American film, and it was in the late uh, 30s. Mm-hmm. 30, yeah, but 40s. it's been, you know, 50s, Picture for Dorian Gray, yeah. Yep. And the newest one from the late, early 2000s, like, it's actually really good. Like, it is like right really? along with the book, yeah. I was really surprised. You know, I have a, a painting of myself that's in my closet. But it ages, it ages <laughs> differently than. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> it catches all of his. I sins. look better than the painting. <laughs> all right. So my other, my other one yeah. that I that I was really one of my favorites, and I know I'm the only one that's putting out two, but it's I, I can't I can't decide between the two, and that is Return of the Living Dead. All right. I know. Really? It, yes. Return? You know that it's a comedy. Freaking yeah. Tar Man. You know what Tar I mean? Man, when I was a kid, a comedy, you know Tar that. Man, I, okay, okay, whatever. Dude, Tar Man the, the scared the hell out of me. Send more cops. Man, like, come I don't on. know. Zombies are not supposed to okay, talk all right, like you that. Know. I thought the other one was going to get more uh, more jeers, but no, you know, no. I thought you would have a better pick on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. Especially you, Chris. You're really that good. I mean, but like, this stuff. Wrong, but like uh, for me, like what wrong is like Pet Cemetery. Yeah, like, that's oh, scary. That yeah. was a scary oh, book. That was a scary book, and the scary part of that book was the reality. What about Stephen based. King's It? That's no, I, well, I didn't find that scary. Actually, I found I, that very cozy. Scary. I found It to be a very cozy book. The, very the, 1950s. I don't know. It took me very, between man. Stephen King's It and the band Guar. I couldn't walk past the sewer for like 20 years. <laughs> I still can't. I'll tell you what. I don't. I don't want to get pulled. Oh, in. is it that the Tim Curry? <laughs> Georgie, the old flute down here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want none of part, no part of that. Yeah, right. that was, that was say, one of the scariest books I've read. Not even it, this was even a horror book, but it just uh, just resonating with you with uh, like another kind of a different parallel. But it was a uh, from an author named Lance Olson. It was a book called Girl Imagined by Chance, and the the book was about a couple who they live kind of remotely you know in a part of a country far away from their families and everything and their families constantly ask them about when they're going to have a child mm-hmm. so one time they just decide let's shut them up let's send them a picture from a magazine of like a sonogram and tell them <laughs> we're pregnant leave us alone so they send this picture and uh, the 
And uh, so they send the picture. And, you know, so then the, the family start asking about it. So they send other pictures and everything. So eventually, you know, nine months later, they start sending pictures of babies that they find and everything. <laughs> they, they, and they, they create this life for this child. So, like, years go by and the families say, hey, you know, we've never met our grandchild. We want to come and see this kid. And, and the couple is like, well, wow, we, you know, what do we do now? We've, we've dug, our, dug ourselves really deep. So they actually send them this. They write they They fake this death of the, of the child i forget how the child dies in the book but they fake the death and they let them know and and so when the parents eventually come it's to the funeral they, they actually have a funeral and they bury this kid and the cool thing is that the each chapter of the book shows the picture that they send uh, oh, to oh, families so, like, yeah. so you can see it oh that's that's it's, it's 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 what it's I'm saying. It's disgustingly it's morbid. It's hard. It's hard as morbid. But man. that's what it is. And, and at the end of the book, the, the 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 couple actually fall. They they fall apart because they've 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 nurtured this child that doesn't exist for so many years that yeah. it actually ruins them as as a couple. And and that book to this day just resonates with well, me. It was so powerful. That's real. That's, that's what I'm heart. saying. It, it, that to me is. But think about and and it's it's self imposed. Yeah, it, that's what really got me. It's like this is something you've chosen to do uh-huh. that you've now dug yourself into this this hole, and now you know this guy and his wife are looking at each other like we can't even look at each other. We're so they're they they're mourning the death of something that never existed. Believing, yeah, brilliant. believing their own lie. Yeah, right. it was yeah. just right. absolutely brilliant. So so since we're talking about books, and we've been trying to get on this topic all night. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, uh, uh, Mr. Malfi, what is your favorite horror novel that you've read? Don't ask him about books. Look at him. Favorite horror novel. <laughs> Writer or book? Probably was Reader's Daughter. <laughs> well, no. It, the 1950s card you know manual. I'll, I'll make it easy. Short story, ghost story, around the campfire, anything. Tell uh, me. Actually, I probably, I, I liked, when I was younger, Edgar Allan Poe. I mean, I <laughs> thought he was very slick. I thought he was progressive for his time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, and Vincent Price was related to me, yeah. so I was very happy he was able to give. I was able. He was able Will to you give Vincent. Him? Was able to give Vincent some uh, like roles, so he got some oh, yeah, money. He did. So he family. Did tons. I just wanted to. Really I just stuff. wanted to mention that. So in 1883, the Baltimore Saturday Visitor published "M.S. Found in a Bottle." Which was yeah. the very first published oh. Edgar Allan Poe story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I just wanted to mention that because it. I mentioned it Baltimore. You also died of like syphilis on the streets of Baltimore. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Edgar was a big deal for, uh, I mean, that's why the Ravens are called the Ravens, because he wrote that. What are you reading, Wikipedia? Yeah, but that's all marketing BS. He must have been around then. He only spent two years in Baltimore. Well, well, actually, he spent two years in my basement. <laughs> he really did. He, I had him in there. It was for, the last two years. Last, recently. <laughs> last two years, and I had to pull him did out. Did anybody watch the new one with, uh, with uh, what's his name? The, uh, Don't say John Cusack. Yeah. Did anybody it was, watch it? It was so aw- And I'll tell you this. I love John Cusack. Me too. That movie was unwatchable. I love John Cusack. You know, I love I love Ed Grell. John, I love you. And I know I know two of his producers who are looking at my, my material right now. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love John Cusack. I love Edgar Allan Poe, and that movie was crap. It was it was awful. Well you know his name was crap, wasn't it? I think so. I think it was Vincent Price. There would never be an Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. You know they don't. <laughs> Vincent Price, Peter Laurie, they... In in pop culture, yes. No, in, never in, more. In the writer's culture... It would, it, I think he, he would st- definitely he, still he was, be there. Oh, no, the guy was good. He was yeah. terrific. But I mean, to get him out in, like, the, you know, mom and pop in general Edgar Allan Poe was a mascot of my the, college. The, be, the, the very... University of Baltimore, baby. Yeah. 
The very Balls. my very, <laughs> the very favorite. Uh, okay, I read a lot. I do. I say I read a lot of books. Ron, when I said I read one of your books, that's, that's not actually true. <laughs> I, the back I, audio, I audio booked one of your, because I drive a lot. I drive a lot, you know, around during the day. So I listen to books on audiobook. You know, I, I can read, I swear, but I, yeah. you know, but I do audiobooks because it's, it, you know, the Which rest of the time, I'd get? rather spend the time with my child. Which audiobook did so you get? So I, I listen to Snow. Snow but, is, you're lucky that's the only audiobook he had. But my my point is, is that I listened to an audio adaption of The Raven. And it was actually read by Christopher Walken. And what? if you've Are ever you gotten the chance to read that, awesome. it's amazing. Yeah. Whoa. The Raven and Nevermore. Nevermore. Yeah, it was I heard very... a tapping. Rap tap tapping <laughs> on the chamber door. I mean, that girl, well, he was he was phenomenal for what he did. But you know what? He moved on. Kind of moved. <laughs> he moved on. He moved on. He went on. Tired of somebody else. He moved on. John, give me a. What's your favorite? Uh, you can book give me author. author book. You know what? If you want to give me a Halloween uh, a yes. campfire story, go ahead. Wow. I'm, I'm really biased. Um, actually, I have to say one of my favorite books is by okay, Ronald, Ronald Malfi. <laughs> uh, the book Passenger. It's about Baltimore, about Maryland. Great book. Not very long. It'll blow your mind. I thought well, it was a very great you book. You sold it. Now, right do, you have an, right. do you have an audio book? For that one, do you have anybody? You don't need an audiobook. It's short enough, and they only made ten copies to sell out. Now, what was the what was the one? It's a it's uh, that you had in uh, like a, it's like an anthology where a whole bunch of people wrote it, and it's actually a Halloween short story. You got a bare uh, bones. The, uh, what? It's on something street on something lane. Uh, house on college, cottage lane. That's it. House yeah. on cottage lane. So that's like that's like ninety nine cents, right? I saw it on Amazon and I. Oof, put it on he our, burned you out. I put it on our show notes, and I'm I'm gonna read that one for Halloween. Well, I appreciate so, it. Well, I <laughs> never even knew you know. about that book. Well, I'm feeling you. hurt. Well, it's a short a story copy? you have, like sure an story. an anthology. Actually, yeah. so, Cradle. I mean, Cradle, Cradle Lake was, was very, very good. good. And I think the floating, I think the floating, floating staircase, staircase was phenomenal. Good. You know, not because he's my and son, <laughs> but I read the book and I'm Look, very critical. He I actually see Ron that. blushing right now. Right, he's yeah. blushing over there. Yeah. Come I'm on hoping, now. I'm hoping these two drunk idiots look, shut up. Well, really, before <laughs> Ron was a writer, none of us read. So yeah. you kind of got that going so, on. So yes, we would listen to radio and watch TV programs. <laughs> so I just, I, I want to let, I want to let the curiosos, our listeners out there, know. Uh, one of the reasons why I actually uh, not not to mention the fact that I'm friends with all these guys, but one of the reasons why Ron agreed to be on this was he said um, he famous. said you're not going to ask me about my writing, you know, the way I write and everything. And I said no, I just want to BS about like horror. Like come on <laughs> and we'll BS about horror. He, I know he's he was so excited to be here for that, and I'm so glad that I have the rest of you guys. But <laughs> well, anyway, I'm, I'm going to cut. I just I just had to mention that, Joe. What is one of your favorite horror novels, writers? Clive Barker. Oh, yeah? Ooh. Yeah, Barker. Now, I know Clive which, Barker which books, mostly which from, from books the of blood or Pinhead. Yeah. Books of Blood? Um, Pinhead. Nightbreed series and Books Ooh, of Blood. Um, yeah. Anything that he's adapted, except for maybe, like, Midnight Me Train. That movie was a little, eh. The book was good. The, you know, the, the story was, was really, really good. But he, he delves into different things. He does a little bit of the supernatural. He kind of gets into fantasy a little bit too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, I think that it's a well-rounded 
you know, read. You know, where it's not just psychological, it's not just horror, it's not just creatures, it's not just this. And it, it kind of reminds me of the old gothic stories mm -hmm. a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, pretty much Clyde Barker. Mm -hmm. like, that's one of my... I mean, Stephen King, of course, you know. But uh, I, I think a lot of the movies have tainted Stephen King for me, <laughs> you know. Uh, so <laughs> I kind of stopped reading the newer stuff mm -hmm. they keep putting out. Well, for, for horror novels, I mean, I know, you know... I, I like the Tower series that Stephen King put out, but I know to me that's not really horror. That's almost like adventure mm. with a little, fantasy. yeah, fantasy yeah. with a little bit of horror. But one well, of you don't read. Well, I I do. I well, I listen to audiobooks. Well, so oh, you, you can cheating yeah. on me. But um, I liked uh, Abbey Road. What is in it? Slow motion. It's not an audiobook. <laughs> Chuck Palahniuk. He did um, Haunted. Fight Club. Yeah. Well, yeah. he did Fight Club. I yeah. liked Haunted. Was the last one that I pretty much the last horror novel that I read. Now, I thought that that it was a little bit more, I don't know, it was almost like a little series of short stories about all the characters like or whatever. Vignettes. Yeah, I liked I liked that a lot. But I mean, you know, as for a, like a complete favorite, uh, I don't really have like a, like one that really hit home. I'll you know speak, I mean? speak for Dangerous D. Go ahead. Dean Koontz. Dean Koontz is I like He's a I like Dean some, Koontz fan. I like a little bit of Dean Koontz. I've read some Dean Koontz before. So it's all right. What about Lovecraft? It's okay. Was that Dean Koontz? No. But I, I, I'll tell you. I tell <laughs> you that I, I think Lovecraft's uh, biography is more interesting than Lovecraft's fiction. If you ever read his biography, and oh, his, he was uh, a the guy was crazy nuts, dude. Yeah. And uh, his fiction really didn't work for me, but but you it know, bordered that that same sort of like fantasies. Yeah. Sort of, but a lot of it was more like. And there's there's a lot of authors now that that actually will. I don't know if it's because this stuff is uh, is it considered public domain. I, I don't know whatever it is, that, but yeah. people jump on that and actually build off of his his world. Well, that's like Brett Talley wrote a great book. Yeah, uh, how many stories have been basically ripped off? Yeah. of Lovecraft stuff mm -hmm. like Cool Air and you yeah. know um, Cthulhu and all of those things, all the mythos that he like built. Like the Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, like okay, but from what I understand, madness, what I understand, Joe, to be a god. He had he had. <laughs> Lovecraft kind of had like a writer's circle where everyone would write in the oh, same the kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no no, no Bob, know, Bob Lovecraft <laughs> who invited him here we you leave yes. HP out of this yeah all old Bobby Lovecraft Hewlett Packard <laughs> he wore his Halloween shirt and everything I know, it was right? Hewlett Packard hey, Lovecraft some twosome for you <laughs> right but I I think he had like a writer's circle from what I well, understand he, he wrote for um, Weird Tales. Which uh -huh. was yeah. a magazine in what was that nineteen? That well, started. It started like in the twenties. It's still actually still going today. Yeah, yeah. Tales, yeah, And you know he got to be familiar with a lot of the writers who wrote the stories with in that magazine, and you know I think he tried to branch out to other magazines and publish his own stuff. Not too much avail. Mm -hmm. So his his bread and butter was was that that magazine, and you know it's. It's strange and sad and weird. His his whole story like is is pretty crazy, but to see the the way that his work was replicated or you know done differently, and but it's it's you can see it. You know, you, the, um, Tales from the Crypt. Mm -hmm. They did a bunch of episodes, like on the the old TV show. <laughs> Tales from the Crypt. You know that that stuff. They did so many episodes Tales that were Lovecraft inspired. 
It, it was insane. Okay, so that my question is, which came first? Which came first? That ruined what? me. What came, what came first? <laughs> what came first? What, did Creep Show come first or Tales from the Crypt oh, come Tales first? Creep Show came first. Creep Show. Oh, really? Creep Show. Because Creep Show was a magazine first. Yeah, wait, Creep Show was it was an EC, com- EC Comics. Uh, Stephen King with wrote nudies. the first the first episode of But that was comics. that was from the mo- like the, the, he wrote that everything movie was from the based movie on the comics. Okay. Oh, the comics go back to the 60s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tales from the Crypt I thought was very very good. I mean, the stories they had, the way they set it up, it was pretty clever. Mm-hmm. We used to use tinfoil to wrap around the cable wire just to watch it for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you had to lick your finger, put your lick hand your finger, in the put your yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, the whole, they're, they're, they're talking so. about the HBO show, but I'm talking oh. about the comic books yeah, that you could actually books. read. Yes, yes. Well, back when you were a kid. To me, Creep Show, the the, the, <laughs> the movie. Okay, what was the where? Which one was it? The first one or the second one that had the oil monster? That was the second one. The first one the, was... It's the, it's the Raft. Is that what it's raft. called? It's yeah. based on a short story from his collection. I think it's Night Shift. I can't remember. Was that when he was... God bless you. It's either Ow. night. It's either night shift or skeleton crew. But he's got a he's got a short story called The Raft, and it's about the the four people stuck yeah, on that floating because barge. that scared yeah. the hell out of me. Yeah. And I, I Joe, I I, I, I didn't I, want to be in a two piece suit on a light on a wooden raft for years. I don't want to be in a two piece suit with you on a <laughs> wooden raft. What about movies that that made fun? Do you of normally the wear a two no, piece bathing I, suit? Just, well, those were just that one time. 50. Give it to me. <laughs> the movies that made fun of the horror genre. Oh, oh well, a, to how, make it fun. How about yeah. Shaun of the Dead? How about Ghostbusters? Ghost, oh, the original. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, come on. Well, that took scary one. and funny and put it in one yeah. whole thing. I mean, even But that was, that was, I don't know if yeah. it. But scary. <laughs> it was scary. It was scary. <laughs> I don't know if it necessarily made fun of it as much as it was sort of the the 80s style of hey, yes, playing yeah, off yeah, of. Yeah. Well, you know, that oh, was the thing. 80s style. No. I don't, I don't want to see you in Converse at... Chucks and Oakley glasses. It was no, no, Saturday, no, no. Night Night, Saturday Night Live does horror. Exactly. And that's what horror was. I mean, you look at even the even the Nightmare on Elm Street movies that came Those out in the 80s. Those were great movies. Campy. They were campy. They, that, were very, they were great movies. But and that, I'll, and I'll tell you what. They they really epitomize what became of Stephen King later in his career when he became, when he started making villains that were all mimicries of, of – of Freddy Krueger, yeah, it, you yeah. know characters that joked and laughed, and you know, yeah, and, and it had cool. It, well, I mean, yeah. what, what's a big movie that did that? A big movie in the nineties. A big movie in the nineties. Scream. Well, oh, no, no, exactly, but no, yeah. no, 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 no. That yeah. made people Scream, grab no. their pants and laugh at the same but time. No, no, Scream, Scream was tongue in cheek. No, you're, you're you're wrong. Scream Scream actually took what they were doing seriously and put it on put it on the burner and said, hey. We don't take ourselves seriously. Here's what we're showing you that everybody else did before us. Yeah. Scream but that was more, a very intelligent. But that's a that realistic movie was film. No, but I, no, I agree with you. But I think I think that Scream definitely was a game changer. Absolutely, a game changer Absolutely. for for the horror movie genre. Mm-hmm. Just it was it was you know, and a lot of movies. I mean, of course, you have the comedies that are based scary movie and all that that are based of it that are specifically comedies. But that wasn't. That wasn't specifically a comedy. That no, was made to be a horror movie it was, with a little it bit of comedy in it. It was a scary as hell movie. It was. Because that is realistic. I No, I completely me, agree with you. Because I mean, you could have one psycho, yeah. you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, spoiler well, alert from the 90s, uh, there's two. <laughs> well, man, but, but, Chris, how could you have this show and not have Zachary on here? You know who he is? 
Oh, oh, the the um, the old uh, the the. Oh man, no, this no, guy no. was the old the, MC of for the old horror, movies. horror movies. Oh, when I was a kid, he was on. He was on here last week. You missed it. He was actually he was at my yes. wedding. He, I think he married. I me, think my he's wife. emptying the trash out of those really? offices well, out back. I, exactly. Now I uh, I also talked to a, a, a guy named Count Gore Duvall. I know, I know he him. was, and I, I spoke to I, him. My yeah. son Ronald knows him. He introduced mm-hmm. me to him. And uh, when we performed, uh, Darren and I, uh, yes, Danger Steve yes, and I yes, performed yes. at Horror Find. Exactly. Uh, he he totally came out and watched our set. So right. you know, I know he knows who we are. So I actually contacted him, and I don't know if we were going to put this on here or not. But I'm trying to get him to do a show up like <laughs> I'm trying to get him to do a station ID for one of our our horror, you know, our because he yeah our he Halloween was like, episodes. He was like uh, exactly because I came from New York, so exactly was big in New York, I guess New Jersey area and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like the first of uh, he was before Count Vidal. He was before whatever Elvira. He was was very good. He didn't have prestige. He would would shoot uh, every. It was believe it. I'll tell you how long it was. He would go on after Sea Hunt with Lloyd Bridges on a Friday night. Sea Hunt, Lloyd Bridges, get on the. That's pretty damn scary, (laughs) on. So even Lloyd Bridges goes who? (laughs) (laughs) And he would be on. I think he started like eleven thirty, and he'd show like an old like. Frankenstein, Werewolf. I mean, the old Universal shows, and he was very comical, the guy. Mm-hmm. And then he would repeat the thing on Saturday morning again. Mm-hmm. The same show you saw Friday night was on Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. And that's his. That was his bag, you know. This now, guy. In, uh, and he became a DJ later on in New York. Now, they, we we kind of mentioned that a little bit because you know we were talking about USA up all night earlier. You know, you had I love uh, that. I loved it. Yeah, Gilbert Godfrey, Rhonda. 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 So right. they did that on on a on a cable network, and then you know you had on the old UH you know UHF networks. They had all all of those characters, uh, but you know that's yeah that's absolutely that became a thing that's that's kind of gone on, and you know it still happens. I got a question. You know I mean? Sure, your beard has remained exactly the same, only except it's getting more gray. How the <laughs> hell do you do that? Yeah, I've been getting grayer. I've, I I got my first gray hair the day after my child was born, that's, and that's how yeah, you get them. yeah, that's it how just, you get them. yeah, oh. it, it just keeps on growing grayer and grayer. You- So my act, the Scarred and Dangerous Thrill Show, I'm only one half of. The other half is Dangerous D. He's currently living in California, and he's going to call in from time to time to give you his two cents about all of our topics here on The Curioso. Now, all dangers considered, a moment with Dangerous D. My love for the horror genre and everything surrounding it could be the reason I am a dark, macabre, and horrific person. But I'd like to blame it all on my older brother, Ronald Malfi, for introducing me to the wonderful world of evil. When I was just a little dude, I remember my grandfather taking us to the video store to rent a flick, and we would always leave with a horror movie. Summer after summer, we watched all the classics. Sometimes, my brother would even read to me because his nose was always buried in a Stephen King book, and I would bug him, literally bug him, to read out loud. Years later, we started going to a bunch of different conventions where I collected movies, comics, toys, and artwork. My brother, he just bought books. 
Then he started writing his own books. This is where he got creepy as hell. He would tell me new novel and short story ideas and scare the hell out of me as a grown-ass man. I never heard more horrifying <laughs> in my life than some of the things that have come out of his head. Every generation needs one. He is ours. The king of horror. Well, I guess I've done everything but plug his website. So, ronmalfi.com. R-O-N-M-A-L-F-I.com. And oh yeah, Tales from the Crypt is the... Here's the thing is you all you guys know here, but our our <laughs> listeners don't necessarily know. I'm completely bald, but all I have is sideburns. Now, here's the thing. But you're very I've, good looking. I'm, I'm going to you're I'm going to you're a very I'm, handsome man. Yeah, I'm I'm distinguished. You're a handsome now. man. So you here, here's the thing. Beard fuzz. I'm I'm gonna let you guys in because this is not coming out to actual Halloween day. <laughs> I'm gonna let you in to know what I'm going to be for Halloween. What? I what I am going to shave all my sideburns off completely hairless. And be the opposite of no, Wolverine. Uncle <laughs> Fester. I'm going to be Lord Varys. Oh! From Game of Thrones. All yeah. right, I, oh. like, The eunuch Lord Varys. I've got like a, I bought like a big moo-moo. And yeah, I'm totally <laughs> going to be You don't need a moo-moo. Just come hang out with me. You, so, you said the eunuch? I think you're shaving the wrong thing off. He's the whisperer. The, the, the spiders. The I thought spiders. you were going to have a big Halloween party. I, I'm not, but I might no, go to a big radio Halloween party. I, I think party. I want to do a Halloween. Well, we're, I'm, oh. we're, this is coming out on Halloween Halloween Day at six. At what time? Six, on what? Six how can I? How can I hear it? On thecurioso.com. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> if you had it on your uh, cell phone, you could. I don't follow have the a podcast. smartphone. I have a. How do you do flip phone? How do you yeah, get that? You got a stupid. You got a stupid phone. You got a dumb phone. How do you get that on one of those dial phones? He wants a rotary phone. Nine one one. So, uh, does anybody else have a Halloween costume that they're gonna do? Anybody decided yet? Uh, I am going as a Ninja Turtle and trying to get my daughter to dress up as Splinter. Sweet. My kid went in a, as a Ninja Turtle last year. How dare you? He didn't. You didn't <laughs> call did. me. It was last year. I'll show you the pictures. He grew out of it. <laughs> Joe, what are you? What are you gonna be following? I've done. Oh, geez. Uh, Halloween every year to me is. It beats Christmas and Thanksgiving oh, yeah, and, and Yom Kippur. It's the best day ever. Yom Kippur. How <laughs> dare you Yom Kippur? <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, it's it's the singular best day of the year. You get to dress up and feel normal for one day. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I've done everything from ninjas to pyramid head, which was one of my favorite. Oh, yeah. Your pyramid ha- head costume was amazing. Which is actually a good movie, too. Yeah. 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 A great video game. Uh, I'm gonna dress up as a woman. Hopefully, <laughs> I would like to. Marry be, I would like to be the, an older guy that would take care of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right, gonna take Scarborough's mutton chops and I'm gonna dress up like you this year. <laughs> you, you wouldn't be the first. I've had two people that have dressed like me and Darren before. No lie. During the course of this that we're talking about it, you you mentioned Todd Browning in all of the horror movies, yeah. and that's what I'm originally thinking. Is I'm thinking freaks. Todd Browning's freaks. That's yeah. the only only like it to was, me the only that movie was, was Todd Browning for years. Yes, because it was. So so disturbing, disturbing to people at exactly. the time it came out. You know, exactly. I mean, and and it's it's not Does really a horror all, story. He used all uh, uh, 
I mean, people that were deformed at the time. Yeah, he used real people. It was a very exactly. simple story. It, it's okay to call them freaks. Seriously, I'm, right. well, I'm, I'm not joking. They actually it's, enjoy it's, it. No, well, I'm not saying they enjoy I'm it. You. Uh, no, I'm not. A, no, I am <laughs> a movie, not a freak. A I'm a, a working act. A, a movie that took a hit for that year, years later. I know you're not even working, but scary. Uh, the Sentinel. You ever <laughs> seen The Sentinel? No, I haven't. Same thing. At the end of the movie, at the Sentinel, the whole thing is about an apartment building where you've got somebody basically who becomes uh, against their will in charge of watching the gates to hell. And this new couple moves in. The woman be- basically takes over that place of of, of, of guarding the gates to hell. Uh-huh. And uh, at the end of the movie, they had all the I forget who the director is, but they have all these direct these act these people come in. They're all just horrifically deformed, and they're all legit. Like they're all really deformed people. There's no makeup effects, and it is some of the most gruesome. Like people with hands out of their faces that just walk like this. It's just wow. awful stuff. But it's like, and they took a big hit for exploiting. I, you know, I guess what they considered exploiting those people for doing that. But it was just the end of that movie is just horrific. We never talked about horror music. Horror music, absolutely. Now, one of my most, favorite. Most of Jonathan's music is horror. Music. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not horrible horror music. <laughs> All right, so uh, how about how about the Misfits? The Misfits, come on, guys. Sam Hain, the Misfits, Danzig alone, like has written some dark, dark songs. Actually, very. I'm I'm not a Misfits or Danzig fan by any means, but very dark melodic songs. Yeah, which I have to say is well, is it a is feat it of its own. Is I it mean, the voice? <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> not not even that. I mean, just very good, actually, evil pop songs, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what it was. Like, especially The Misfits. It was taken from the 50s doo-wop, you know, yeah. sort of like pop signature. Oh, absolutely. And they added the stuff they were reading. From, so you said Lux Interior? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, the cramps. The show absolutely. Ranks. Yeah, yeah, cramps. And you he got, just died like a couple of years ago, didn't he? Lux Interior? Yeah. Uh, oh, I just thought he was... I mean, no, he died maybe he did, but I think he might still be creeping around alive. <laughs> well, <laughs> could be. Oh, but I phys- mean, physically, I mean, he's dead. But, yeah. <laughs> like, when, I, when I think of... I mean, for me, generation-wise, I mean, the ultimate one, Marilyn Manson. I mean, come on. like Yeah, yeah. The ultimate... I get all crazy. I mean, commercial. Oh, he's not getting crazy. He's not getting crazy. But he's very good. Manson people. When you say Marilyn Manson, they don't think pop. But that man wrote some good pop songs with the members of his band. I mean, wrote some great pop songs that are horror, evil. They're really great songs. Right. But he also had a huge amount of, uh, you know, media behind him. With yeah. everything, he it was almost well, like it, because you know, of what he put on. Like mm-hmm. I mean, you can relate. He put on almost almost a sideshow. Yeah, for what? I mean, well, what not did. to mention the fact that he actually did partner with Jim Rose as well oh, as well, Nine, yeah. Inch yeah. Nine Inch Nails. You know, the well, three I mean, of them take together. Nine Inch Nails. They got a brand new album dropping right now. I mean, they, other, yeah, he, Trent Reznor, a phenomenal musician. Yeah. But do you if, even consider if, him in the this realm anymore? I mean, he's so <laughs> he's so removed from this style from the living, from the living realm. This, yeah, I mean, Trent Reznor. No, no, you have to understand. He, yes, it is. It is still dark. It is still horrible. He, even even like you take like the the album, the fragile. Great it, album. It's, it's more. <laughs> I, I think it's his best. I I love the oh, album. Yeah. The B side, the that second CD. 
it, it's amazing. It's like orchestral and it's dark and it's moving. Oh, it's it's him and nothing but like macaroni like macaroni boxes shaking. Yeah, it, it, that's it's great. what I'm saying. Like it is it is like the epitome. Well, Chet Reznor's on a whole different level, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, but that that goes past be, like stuff to. like even his new stuff that he just put. I don't even, know, I don't even know what his out. new stuff is. He's got a new album coming out right now. It's phenomenal. I heard a track or two. But off you, of you've got things like like oh like Alice Cooper. Like you're wearing a, a yeah. shirt right now with Cooper on it. Oh, absolutely. And he was, zombie. And Come on. zombie. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's a whole mm. line of, of bands and artists who've pretty much taken that that darker side of, of the world and life. You, you pick and, up a good point with, with zombie. Not, not not to get off your music thing, but I mean what's 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 everybody's take of Rob Zombie and his and his whole his films. Like his film films stuff? and yeah. I wish uh, what what's your take? I wish White Zombie never broke up. Me that's, too. That's all I got. Okay, I think yeah, everybody's on the same. On the same. Okay. Because okay, here's the thing. The um, what are the the two fir- two first films that he put out? House of a Thousand Cor- Corpses and uh, Devil's Rejects. Oh, right. Okay. Those are great films, but he's still he's a rock hey, star. Here's my thing. He should have never tried to remake films. No, no, no. Uh, right? No. Well, the right. Halloween. He should have never. He should have never. And actually, I I like his. Halloween remake if it wasn't a Halloween Halloween remake. Right. I, I wish it, it was just I a straight I don't see film. it as that. I yeah. don't see it as a Halloween remake. I see it as his own separate entity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's his version or something. But even the first two films he put out. Okay, well, the first two films he put out are his were, own version of... Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, well, come on. Right, yeah. Pretty honest with you. I mean, he even had chopped talked about earlier. I, one of my favorites. I'm I know, sorry. but that's what I'm saying. Like, It is almost a blatant ramp-off of Chainsaw Massacre and like Last House on the Left and yeah. Hills Have Eyes. There's but so was, was, it, was it an homage or was know. it a rip-off? I don't know. I don't know. Because I think it was more of an homage. Let's I mean, go, let's, I, let's go to Last House on the Left. What? what I, you know what? I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Yeah. Really? The original is. A- I gotta say, you know, I I I went a long time without seeing that movie. I may have saw it for the first time, maybe a couple, two, three years ago. The, the original, okay. like two. Or, I never saw the remake, but I saw it and I was really just shocked at how I was expecting something like really explosive, and it was just right. so tame. I, but you gotta understand that well, at, at the time. Okay. You know when it came out, and that's the thing. It's like any film that I mm-hmm. see. I try to put myself in the time, time period that it came out, no matter if it was the 70s, the 50s, the 60s, and what was expected or what wasn't expected, the shock value, even, even well, films. Is that part of what makes it good, is the, is the fact that it can carry over through, through the decades yes, yes, and, and course, still be effectual, you know, where you can watch The Exorcist now and still be, you know, I mean, you, here, here's a weird thing. If you look at some of those old horror movies that we consider to be old and really lowbrow and sort of just mm-hmm. kind of people coming together and shooting these films, these movies were made at the same time that The Godfather was winning an Academy Award. Right. So, right. Filmmaking was at its pinnacle. I mean, filmmaking yeah, yeah. was what it was. These guys were just kind of doing their thing. What, what, uh, some of those movies, like for me, Last House on the Left doesn't really hold up nowadays to what it maybe was shooting for back when it was, was done. And right. I, I think a big part of, of what makes horror and thriller films and books 
you know, memorable and, and, and important is is the fact that they can they can hold up. Yeah, and there's some yeah. movies that can. For me, a lot of that stuff doesn't. I, you know. Well, that's let's, what that's what that's what makes Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. hold up, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two not. And you know what I mean. Yeah. And the remakes not. Well, not a bit. Yeah, Matthew so, McConaughey. I mean, I mean, what is it? Part three. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's bring it back to the original thing of of music. But those those films. What what? But yeah, the films inspired a lot of those musicians. Ramones or those. Musicians Ramones. inspired a lot of those films. Exactly, like the Ramones. They have a song called "Texas Chainsaw Massacre." Because well, they, not to mention that Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery, Pet, well, of course. That was because King was a giant fan of. Well, the he he wrote you them know. into the book, then they did yeah. the music for the movie. Exactly. Yeah, it was so whole, yeah. Kind of besides thing. all that, I mean, I mean, take it into just take it into uh, music and horror. I mean, yeah, you have the Ramones, you have the Misfits. What about bands that you don't you don't think of like that, like Guar? Oh, Guar is come on. That was they're they're. they're well, we'll see when they play the Super Bowl. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but the yeah. thing is, Stephen King ain't gonna announce the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Okay, like, but right. but Guar Guar has always been kind you of got underground. You got Rob Zombie, which I I like to refer to him as White yeah, Zombie. But, but you got Marilyn. But Rob Manson. Zombie has kind of hit it like big time because he's doing movies and everything now too. Right. So he's he's but why, he's, why he was jumped. he able to do that? I mean, take it back to horror, Pantera. Yeah. Okay. Which, by the way, I saw Pantera and White Zombie together on tour. I just, just and saying, I did too. It together, yeah. yeah. And I have Dimebag Daryl's guitar pick. But you, Do you really? Like, <laughs> he won't. He won't be asking for that. You know, you're talk, like, bands like like Metallica, Pantera. You know, all of well, these Metallica's bands. in a different realm. Metallica, I put in kind of like the Beatles of metal. But but they were inspired by metal too. Oh yeah, what was the, what was the what was the death. one about the guy that was blind and blown? Oh, one, yeah, you know? one. one. He was in the war That's, and all yeah. based yeah. on a book called Johnny Got His Gun. Yeah, and a movie later on in the sixties. You know, mm -hmm. amazing book, an even creepier movie. The movie is dark and creepy, but it's a war movie. But war is creepy, dark, dark and creepy. Yeah, you know? and you know every single band that that you know takes those inspirations, whether it's we were talking on our werewolf, werewolf episode. Shakira, okay, the pop Hello. Shakira, she's got a werewolf song. So where where did she get that inspiration? From? I'll tell you which, where she got that which from. Movie? I'll tell you, and this is my opinion of where they got this from. Marilyn Manson faded so much into the pop world that he got Lady Gaga, he got Shakira, he got all these people. I'm telling you, that's well, how that, that's that is, how it that all is an influence down. to it. But Marilyn, who was the one that was in that that vampire movie? Which vampire movie? <laughs> she was like a pop, pop, pop singer chick who was in like the Queen of the Vampires or whatever the hell that. Oh, and Queen of the Dam, the Anne Rice. Yeah, who was that? Who oh. was it? She died too, I think, right? What, uh, Alea or something like yeah, that? Yeah, that sounds Alea. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, she was and the queen. Much, as, as much as people hate him, I think Marilyn Manson opened a huge door. We're not talking about for Marilyn this, Manson. For this, for this, <laughs> we're we're for bored this with Marilyn Manson. Okay. No, for this pop world no, of horror. Listen, yes, we, 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 can, we can agree Because Manson you. took this this pop world of horror and brought he brought it all yeah, right I, to the mainstream for all these people. He did. Well, he had, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he did. However, it was the shock value of Manson's stage show, his presence, his interviews. But the thing is, Manson is an amalgam of German electrobody music from the 80s yes. and Japanese visual ikie 
from the 90s. Let's like, mention his biggest hits were cover songs. That's exactly yeah. oh, No, no, exactly. no, 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 no. <laughs> he, he's, he is good at what he does. He's, you know, the band is awesome. The first couple albums were really, really good. But he, he is just a key, just a piece of, of what modern music horror is. But you're talking, you're talking modern horror music. And there's certain people, like I said, White Zombie passed that genre way before yeah, the movie, the whole thing. They're kids. Marilyn Manson, I mean, really, for me, and like you say, it's 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 has to do with generations and whatever. Yeah, yeah of course. He, for me, and that band epitomized, like... That whole horror right, music the, the dark genre, horror, yeah, where it's still poppy, right, right. You still have those catchy songs that are just make shit your pants. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, every generation has those. And the thing is, is that previous generations build on the next one and the next one and the next one. You know, the Doors had dark, creepy songs. Oh, absolutely. Know? And then you've got you know the next band who's like, oh, the Doors had creepy songs. We can have creepy songs. <laughs> you know, and, and and it just builds and builds. And I builds. can give you the creepiest song. What's the creepiest and they, song? They ripped it right they off. They do the, the mesh. Did you? <laughs> that was pretty cool. The they were working in the lab late one night. So it night. came out in the sixties. They're coming to take you away. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. He, they Jello. banned it. Where well, they yeah, were dressed they up as Napoleon? They oh. weren't allowed to play it on the radio anymore. Why? Do you know Jello Biafro? He probably knows more Jello than Jello Biafro from the Dead Kennedys, a punk band from the 80s, formed a side project band with Al Jurgensen from Ministry, Ministry yeah. Yeah. called Lard. And they cover that song, and it is ridiculous. Yeah. It I, is I awesome. remember hearing that. It, that's a, what, that and was a scary a, little creepy, creepy song. song. And you hear it with... They banned it. They yeah. weren't allowed to play it on the radio anymore. Yeah. And I mean, I was like a, a teenager when this thing came out. Mm -hmm. Coming to take me away. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> it was bizarre, man, you know? Yeah. And they, all of a sudden, boom. Next thing you know, banned on the radio. Can't play it anymore. Yeah. It was like most of Frank Zappa's stuff, mm -hmm. you know? It was... And Frank, where did Frank Zappa go? The Funks. Glen Burnie <laughs> High School. He grew up around here. He's I did not. I think he's outside. I'm telling you. <laughs> he's telling you. Frank fire. Zappa's dead body. He's, he's, his head's outside the Enoch Pratt Library. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you really Just have, his head. Can't have really we're, we're, we'll save that for the Zappa episode. <laughs> yeah. You really can't have scary... You can't have scary music. You can only have scary movies. No, but, but what I'm what I'm saying is a lot of these, right? a lot of these musicians... And these people who write me, movies and directors <laughs> and stuff, they all feed off each other. Yeah, and you of and you have to take that. Like I said, Slayer, come on, man, they put down like, and even Metallica put down music. Metallica is what they are now, mm -hmm. but when they originally came out, putting down music like holy crap. But you have to understand, a lot of the music today is influenced by music that's a hundred years old. You know? Oh well, yeah, okay. Chopin. Bach, I'll never, I'll never, one thing I forget with this man sitting right here, I showed him, I must have been eight or nine years old, and I'm like, Dad, check out Metallica, and I showed him like stuff, he's like, man, there were bands playing when I was your age that were playing this kind of stuff, and he would, and he would tell me this stuff, he'd be like, it's all about just learning how the fingering and the fretting was, and all that stuff Gene goes, <laughs> yeah, and he, and he would say it's all about like learning that, he's like, there was, they were called acid rock. 
Yeah. And like different things like that. Everything's gonna build, but I'm like I'm saying What are you picking on me for? The band <laughs> the bands that you know. I mean, for me, like you're talking about generation and genre and all stuff. I mean Marilyn Manson, Guar, Slayer, different bands like Misfits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've I got mean, you've got like hip hop, like Necro, and then you've got ICP, ICP Twisted, Twisted. Uh, Waze. Twisted sister. And then you, it goes, it, <laughs> yeah. it's the Played entire the old D. Snyder. genre. It's, it's the entire genre of music. Like, oh, well, D, D. Snyder all, had, uh, had yeah. what was that? What was the yeah. horror movie he Strange did? Strangeland. Strangeland. He did a horror movie, too. I think he did more than one. Uh, Captain Howdy. Yeah, well, he was after, after the first Howdy. one. That was an Exorcist <laughs> reference, isn't it? Is no, that, Captain that, Howdy, that's from The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Yeah, that's where they got that name from. Mm-hmm. Very so, cool. I mean, it all starts somewhere. Yeah, D. Snyder just puts it. We just... We were all like, <laughs> and that was D. Snyder always derails us. Yeah, D. Snyder time, does always derail the episode. Seven ways Nobody bring D. up D. Snyder, D. Snyder ever you know again. What? Several Who did episodes. the classiest Danny Elfman did the yeah. classiest uh, uh, stuff. Beetlejuice, uh, Edward Scissorhands. And you know who the musician is? Danny Elfman. Yeah, he's the composer. From, yeah, well, Oingo one yeah, their, Boingo Boingo their is biggest, fucking awesome. Their biggest thing was the horror. It's a dead man's party. That was actually his brother's band that he. Uh, yeah. Never, yeah, yeah, them and the Mother's Brothers, yeah. which now do the Rugrats. Yeah. I gotta throw a shout out to Jay Moy and his mother who likes Oingo Boingo. That got uh, Dizzy Tone Method started on that. Oh, but Tim Burton and Danny Elfman, that that. What Duo. a combo. What yeah, a combo. Still are. Tim Burton, ah, Danny Elfman, and you, tr- yeah, and you well, throw Johnny Depp in there, and you got something. <laughs> right you got a dead you, man. You got something. already got the movie made. Right. <laughs> what, what's the scariest thing you've ever, ever experienced, Chris? Oh, man. I think my past in high school. No, no, <laughs> I mean, uh, the, I, I guess, you know, I could say plenty of things, you know, you know falling into a river, getting lost on a boy scout camping trip i mean i've got i've had tons of things but the the moment that my son was born and he was <laughs> he was blue for oh, no. the first yeah. 60 seconds that he was alive and they were calling for a uh, a pediatrician to come and, and, and you know and get him to start breathing was probably the moment and and to have to hold my wife's hand and say Everything is going to be okay, even though I didn't you don't know. know. Yeah. yeah, I had no clue. I didn't know. Which comes back to what I what that's I said earlier: the, the, the homegrown kind of horror. The, yeah, the basic, well, that's simple, real deal. Yeah, yeah. wow, but that's yeah. true. Um, man, I've had so many. I've I've been afraid of everything all my whole life growing <laughs> up. I was a, I was a scared kid, man. I used to be afraid of everything. I don't know, but uh, no, you make a good point with your kid and stuff. It's funny how you. You become a parent. You have a kid. And you become you, you become sort of a secondary character in the story of your own life. You're, yeah. you're I'm now relegated to like like sideshow stuff because my kid <laughs> takes, you know. Um, I don't know. I can't think of a specific thing, but I used to be afraid of everything growing up. Really? Around, for no reason, just scary stuff. Clowns, you don't like clowns. clowns. I didn't like the I peanut was, man. Man, I was. Well, how old was I when we living in in Brooklyn in the, the apartment? 18. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now it's like maybe what. Two, three years yeah, old, living in Brooklyn, guy, yeah. I, and I used to, I used to line up like little action figures and toys in front of the the, the, the door bedroom, in front of yeah. the house in case anybody broke in. They'd Weird knock them over, and I hear them at night. I mean, wow. I, I was, I was always afraid of everything. But, but he uh, was two or th- two or three. 
But he had a gun. I did. I said, well, there's a gun. Yeah, if you somebody comes it, you, in. You shoot this one. But no, yeah, I just no. But you make a good point. I mean, it's it's it's, uh, it's real life is the real scariest life thing, is scary. man. Yeah. Absolutely. You, what'd you get? What's your scariest? Uh, I think uh, a couple of times people put guns in my face and said they were gonna blow my head off. <laughs> that that'll do it. And, <laughs> I thought that that was that. I said, you know well, what? That's like a little nasty. Yeah. Mr. Melfi, that happened to me. That happened to me at 14 years old, and we talked about that yeah. during our Fears and Phobias episode. It happened to me, and I have a phobia of handguns ever since. Really? Yeah. I swear. Whoa. I swear. I, I do not like handguns to be around me. You know, a lot of people are, a lot of people that, you know, I mean, I have a sister that's in law enforcement. But, you know, regardless, being around a handgun makes me scared. You know, regardless of whether it's a law enforcement officer that has it on his hip or anyone. But, you know, I, I totally understand what you mean by that. You know what yeah. I mean? It just it's it gets me. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, a uh, couple of times, I mean, because of what I did for a living, people stuck guns in my face and yeah. going to shoot me, you know, and that. That was a little nerve-wracking, but, uh, <laughs> but I got over it. Well, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you can laugh about it I now. Could, yes, I laughed about it then. <laughs> moved on, moved on. <laughs> and probably well, when Jonathan was born was the other scariest thing <laughs> in my life. <laughs> we're still waiting to see how that one turns out. <laughs> All right, John. Um, I had to say... That right there. No. Um, Sorry. I have to say, scariest moment, um, not being everything I could be for my daughter. Doing er everything I could possibly do that I was given or I could do, or my parents did for me, doing for my daughter or my future kids. That sounds like a cop-out. I want a more specific. That's, a, that's, <laughs> a, that's the scariest thing. I'll tell you... Uh, Having a, a dude knock on the door for my daughter in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You know, that's, that's what I was going to say. You, to deal you, with. Both of you guys have daughters. I, I have a son, so I don't have to worry about that so and much. If he knocks you on my door, mean? you better be scared, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that phobia you have is going to come back. <laughs> and I, don't, I think my daughter's going to bring girls home, so I'm not quite sure how that's going to play out. <laughs> and I was very happy. Whoever brought somebody out of my house, I was for them. <laughs> All right, Joe, what do you got, yeah, man? Yeah, Joe, what do you got? <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, the scariest moment. Um, probably the first time I discovered a dead body. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah. That was, <laughs> it was me and my, my dog. And we're my dad used to take care of this property back in the middle of nowhere. And um, probably a homeless guy, something, whatever. I, I was eight, nine, maybe ten years old. Me and my dog are just wandering around the property and there's a road that goes through the property and I just see this boot sticking up out of the, the you know... Ditch? Ditch. And uh, me and the dog walk over. I'm like, what's that sort of boot sticking up? And it's like sticking up. Yeah. Did you take them? No. And, you, and you're wearing the boot. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Now I have them. Um, but yeah, the first time I just... Not in a in a controlled environment like a morgue or a cemetery. It's like in the middle of yeah, the road. Kid, yeah, you're you know, there's this dead dude, and that was probably the scariest moment. Just that, you know, it hit home that, you know, I knew death, I knew all that mm -hmm. stuff happened, but 
random death. Yeah. Like, there's just some random dead dude here. Just, and no one knew. Horror is a huge, huge... Absolutely. ...spectrum of things. You movies, games, books, comics, music. music. I mean, it, it doesn't stop. Like, the, you know... Lifestyle. You know yeah. what, though? Really? Or lifestyle. All right, guys. So that is, uh, that is horror. And, uh... Oh! And uh, from everybody tonight, uh, we wanted to say <laughs> Happy, Happy Halloween! Hey, is there any topics that you want us to cover? Anything that you want to talk to us about or let us know about? Email us, feedback at thecurioso.com. Our Facebook, facebook.com backslash the Curioso Podcast. We tweet at Curioso Podcast. And if you have any five-star reviews you'd like to give us on iTunes, please feel free.